0: Blob Talk Radio. Hey everybody, Kaylin Patterson. Midwest Muscle people p real tough in your house, in your eardrums, in your phones, radios, whatever you're using. They do this. Hey everybody, just well, let's get to it. Kaylin Patterson. Midwest Muscle people real Talk and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are looking for a vehicle to drive your goals, like a Mack truck through ice cream, check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now, let's chit-chat a banter. <clears throat> we have a serious, serious issue going on in this nation. I'm talking about the United States. If any people are overseas and unaware, there's been another killing, and one of the side effects, if you want to say, for senseless injustice is some kind of kickback, some kind of retaliation in the form or shape of a riot. And I was very taken aback because I knew, sadly, that you know you could almost write a script on how this is going to to go now because it just uh, it just seems that no one really knows how to respond to the reaction, and there's anger from everybody because it seems senseless and never worth it. And I I get that. I, I really do. I really do get and understand that these things happen and they don't make sense. The one problem that's happening is that no one's paying attention to the action. It shouldn't be paying more attention to the reaction that starts everything going. It should be more to the point of being upset with the action and doing something before it becomes a reaction. <clears throat> and this is where we are right now. And it's, it, it's sad because now the, the, the focus goes from the, the action that caused everything to basically the response and somehow no one's ever going to be happy with what has happened, so you know it's 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 a bad spot to be, but you can't do away with the source of the problem. And uh, here's just an interesting quote from uh, Reverend Martin Luther King, and he says, "Riot is the language." Of the unheard, <clears throat> and I, I know people might think that you can Google it and see if it's it's real or not. It's it's there. It's is something he actually said. But the 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 importance the importance of that is that there's been an outcry of pain and suffering that's not being listened to. I know people are responding. But the people who can make the significant change for it to happen aren't responding in a way that says this is an emergency for society. It's just more like a cliched response of thoughts and prayers and and everything, kind of like what was going on with the, the mass killings with the schools and everything else. And it's to the point now where people are, are are saying enough is enough. They've been saying it for, for years. And I remember uh, I, was, I was on social media a lot yesterday dealing with this topic because, like I said, there's pretty much a script as to how these things are going to break down. It's happened so often that we can pretty much, you know, spell it out and, you know, reaction, action, reaction, response. And this is pretty much how it goes and then on to the next whatever. And a lot of people are saying that, no, we're not moving until something has moved. And I thought about uh, what Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King has said, because we've been given a filtered version of who he was. And in that understanding, it's made for everyone to like. But he was... What most would consider a radical, and at the time he was living, he was considered a terrorist. But he did fight and advocate for change without writing, without you know harming others or individuals. His peaceful walk was to ensure that all walked away with their lives intact, which is a, you know a, a person of thinking and a person of knowledge and a person of character would strive for. What we're seeing is because every method that has been done in a peaceful manner is basically being pushed to the side. People don't know what to do. And so there's a reaction that a lot of people won't like or agree with, myself included. Um, One of the biggest things I've been advocating is because I do so much volunteer work. I'm interacting with a lot of firefighters. I'm interacting with a lot of policemen. I'm interacting with a lot of doctors and nurses. And the thing that's happening is now their lives are at risk because they are put in positions of trying their best to do their jobs and help others, but they are at risk because they're seen as a threat. And this frightens me a great deal. So when I see more response to the reaction and not to the action that caused the reaction, It causes me great concern because I see the focus of where we are and that scares me as a society because we should be more in depth with the people who are hurting because if we can help them then we help the nation you can't condemn something that you're not truly focused on if all you're seeing is a reaction of what's happening the reaction It's happening because people are fed up. And, yes, we we already know the looting and the rioting is coming because there's going to be a mob mentality. We've seen it time and time again. Go down through history and you will see when people are not being addressed successfully or purposely focused on their wants and needs and their outcry of pain and oppression, there is a reaction that goes way beyond humane this goes way beyond morals it goes way beyond common sense because people have lost faith they've lost hope and they've lost self-value when you get those things taken away what are you left with other than a reaction that people will not understand or even condone again myself included i can't sit there and say this is a good option for anything But I'm not in the hotbed. I'm not in that hot hot spot. And I don't know the officers that they know. Because I know when I was growing up, we knew all the bad police because they were always harassing Even when we spoke up, we were considered young kids that didn't know anything. What if this had been addressed when when I was a child? You know, these, these things wouldn't be happening currently. But that's neither here nor there. But the response that's coming back, the backlash that's coming when they were asking for justice and it was unseen. You know, I, I'm, I'm really at a loss to where we look to justify the anger for someone else being worried about their lives when we're asking for someone to worry about the lives of others, not including them. We have to be able to reach out when others are hurting. The Good Samaritan that we read about in the Bible, this man didn't know what he was walking into, but he knew this man was suffering, and he tended to his wounds and his pain. We're not doing that in a in a way that can be successfully attained to progress society, and we're getting the side effect of that neglect. We have to step in when it's uncomfortable. We have to speak up when it seems like everyone's going to be mad at us. I don't know any prophet in the Old Testament that was well-liked in their community because they were always saying things that required hard work, a lot of true focus, and dedication and commitment to do the right thing, even when everyone is basically saying, well, hold on, let's look at this. Action needs to happen. I agree. But the reaction... Shouldn't be always riot and looting, but if we just address the need of the action, this lessens the reaction and it also lessens the response. And when that response can go down of anger, that response of frustration, that response of basically everything they were asking for with the action, we're skipping the middleman with not understanding that the middleman is the one being offended. And at some point, we have to step up in our lives and speak out for the person who's hurting because we're missing that compassion. We're missing the passion for someone else. It can't be just when it affects me or threatens me or something that I don't like or agree with. It has to be the understanding that some others are involved in society other than us. And I know social media has... Gone a little astray with our thinking, where it has become a more selfish, more about me kind of thing. And if you just look at your, you know, your day-to-day things, if you don't make a post that gets so many likes, you're hurt. I get that. But if people are basically saying there's an outcry of oppression, we're not hearing them in a passionate way. We're responding the reaction but we're not responding to the hurt and I need that I need that you know I have family members who are in grave risk of losing their life and that frightens me my prayers have been so deep sometimes it's almost like I'm not going to sleep I'm watching people that should be happy I'm not frightened to walk the street because if someone grabs their purse they might be seen as a threat to them and their lives might be wiped off the face of the earth and they have done nothing wrong other than someone else's thinking. We have to do better. Adez, are you here? I'm sorry, I've been... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I am here. I'm taking it all in.
0: Yes, ma'am. I'm uh, very frightened for any person of color whether it be seen or unseen or perceived or anything. You know, it's just a constant influx of lies being threatened. And we can't blame the media for this. These are things being shared to social media by everyday people because they're saying something is truly wrong in this matter. And we're not putting the surge in that moment to change things and we're waiting for the reaction, and then we're frustrated because of what happened that we don't like or condone. It's not enough to respond to the reaction. We need to put our passion and our anger and our frustration to the action so the reaction doesn't have to happen. And I'm very concerned with the wording, with the verbiage. Uh, There's certain coded words that I know are going to happen and incite division, that are going to incite anger, they're going to incite and instigate reaction in a negative fashion, and we simply can't keep going to these tools thinking things are going to improve these 50 people like your rank. What are we going to do to improve society as a whole? Not a side, not a divide, What are we going to do to mesh? And that means when oppression and injustice happen, there needs to be an immediate, immediate response. There needs to be something tugging at your heart so hard that you are compelled by conviction to ensure it does not occur ever on this earth again. And if we go at it in that manner, we can make a change if we sit back and see what people do, I guarantee the cliches will fall into place. The script is already yep. written, and we'll be getting the yep. same old same. Thing. What do you think that?
1: No, I agree. I agree with that. I was just uh, talking about this with my daughters this afternoon, and my oldest daughter in particular who's got an activist heart anyway, um mm-hmm. you know she is she is fearful just as you are. Um and the way she puts it is, you know, this could be my brother. One mm-hmm. day my brother might not come home just because right. he is a, just because he is a minority.
0: And and
1: only because. And, and only because of that. Because he may not have necessarily done something wrong, but he was in a wrong place, wrong time, wrong whatever, and mm-hmm. he becomes the focus he becomes the focus of whatever that action is because he looks the part and yeah. um and and you're right, it's what we're going to get. What we need is what you've been talking about. We need to address the action and not the reaction. But the reaction is what we're going to get because, as you said, people just don't quite know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, you know I, I almost have to disagree with that a little bit. It, it's not that they don't know what to do. They may just not know how to get it done. And so what do they do? They rely on their base emotions, which have turned yes. from fear to anger at that point, and they respond in their anger, and then that's what the world sees. And then the actual mm-hmm. problem Goes unaddressed because now we're focused on the reaction, the rioting, the looting, and and by the way, who, whoever thought that that was going to evoke change by committing mass crimes against people that had nothing to do with the initial crime, but let's go ahead and um, you know gratify our own base need for release of our outrage and anger and maybe end up with a big screen TV in the process. Who on earth defines that as justice in any means? When does bad behavior excuse itself because of somebody else's bad behavior? So someone else cut up, so let me cut up in response to that cut up. That is not. I mean, you are so right to bring up Martin Luther King. I know our emotions can t- get run away with us, especially when our children and family members are involved. If you are feeling oppressed, if your culture is feeling oppressed, then, yes, I get it. But when does violence, begetting violence, ever solve anything? It doesn't. It does It just makes the, oppres- it makes the oppression worse. Yes.
0: Yes, it does. And it's going to happen in your own neighborhood as it does. Yeah. So yep. we, we cannot sit there and invoke violence and expect not expect a repercussion, uh, especially in this day of vast social media. These people are smiling in the cameras as they're stealing. You think the police aren't coming to, you know, give you a visit to basically take you in. Now, you already think your life is certain. Now, your freedom sure is. So that's even more violent. So, you know, and, and this is where I'm saying you, you can write it out. We, we've seen it so many times, time and memoriam, where it just keeps coming up and people thinking, you know, well, this it won't happen to me. And and this is the factor, the, the, the fear factor that has that increased. And I, I'm seeing it, uh, you know, right in my own neighborhood where parents are basically walking with their children to the bus stop, even if a police officer is present, even more so now. And oh, yeah that's a problem because trust... I mean, a a lot of things positively happen because of trust. A lot of positive things happen because of faith. A lot of positive things happen because of hope. And if you're stripped of all those things, then you don't know who to trust and basically it becomes a world of untrust and mistrust. And if your trust has already been broken there's a lot of hesitation in life that need not be. And if yeah. we heighten that by rioting, by looting, by hurting disabled, I mean, I'm, I'm more than a poet or disabled to be attacked simply because of their color. There's no justification for these actions, but in times and fits of anger, that mob mentality, I've, I've, I've done... Plenty of study and homework on, on mob mentality. And it is frightening the, the depths of immoral choices, injustice. Vigilantism doesn't help justice. It's basically just satisfying a personal lust. And it is a lust. We, we call it uh, anger and hatred, but it's basically you lusting for your good feeling and release. Somehow, some way, and it is at the cost of someone who does not deserve it. And there's yep. no way, there's no scripture, you know, for the Christian people that are saying, you know, we're going to have to put our Christian walk aside. Then you better really recheck your Christian walk, because I guarantee you, stumbling like a drunk. There's no Christianity in this. Uh, our, our words have have an effect. Our thoughts have an effect on us our reactions have an effect on others and if we're not walking you know in in good line step with our lord and savior right now satan is busy and he's ready to destroy your witness your testimony and your life even up until and beyond your freedom so if we're listening to social media then we're going to be focused on social media But right now we need to focus on our Lord and Savior more than ever because he protects us at all times. He protects our children at all times. He protects our family at all times. If we stay in the walk, we don't realize how many people we put at risk by stepping away from our Lord and Savior. So I need us to really, really take a step back, really look at our lives and how sincere we are within our faith how sincere we are in in our walk, how sincere we we are in our love of our Lord and Savior, because that is the guiding rod that saves situations like this. And I I noticed, you know, we were so quick to write off the elder because, you know, they were at risk anyway, so they were going to die anyway. But I was talking to a, a fellow service member with how things have been going, and we said, you know, we were talking about how we never thought we'd have to come home and be at war with it just to keep ourselves alive, you know, so we could have another day on this earth. But one of the things he said really, you know, hit me because he said, you know, they were so quick to write off the elderly, but the elderly were the ones that kept the community and kept society as a whole because they did have the wisdom to speak to everybody in the group, not just the people they knew and loved. And we're losing that. We're losing a generation of wisdom. We're losing a generation of knowledge. We're losing a society that went through really hard times and found a way to make it. And we've written them off with data, charts, and statistics and they should have more value in, in on this earth while they're here than what we're given. And this is one of the glimpses of how sorely they're missed because I think back to when um, there was a fight, a, a guy had come down out of uh, Kankakee. I was living in uh, Sun River Terrace and basically beat up a kid, one of the most harmless kids you've ever met. And it enraged because he was so docile. There were so many people that heart went out to him, and they wanted to seek vigilante justice. And one of the mothers came out when we were gathering together that we were going to make this guy pay. And she started spelling out each and everything that would happen to our morals that would happen to our character, that would happen to our reputation, that would happen to the neighborhood because of that one choice to get your hands on somebody. And she diffused it so well that we went and, you know, spoke to the parents and to the kid, and there was a resolution. And, you know, the police were involved, of course, because, you know, the kid had been jumped. But... It was diffused in such a way that no one had to become less to get the justice they were seeking, and that was amazing to me. And I'm, I'm glad that Chris had brought that back to my memory because this is what happens. We didn't need to call a politician. We didn't need a Democrat. We didn't need a Republican. We needed an elder. <laughs> people who knew each and every one in that neighborhood. And, you know, there was tension, yes. There was anger, yes. But there was also wisdom and knowledge. And that's the counterbalance that we're missing currently. Everyone wants to rant how they feel, but no one's looking at the bigger picture of what happens next. And because of that short-sightedness, we throw caution to the wind and do whatever our hearts desire. And I guarantee it won't line up with Christ during times like that. And I know it. it not everyone believes. I get it. Not all of our listeners. I, guys, I understand. But if you don't believe in God, look at what God has done for people that you know and believe that he's going to take care of them. And if he takes care of them, by overflow, he takes care of you. Because if God wants us happy, he wants us to see the people we love daily. And if you're one of those people, then you're blessed by an overflow. And in <laughs> times like this, we have to speak Jesus. We have to speak God. It is time for us to do our job. Second uh, Chronicles 7.14. If my people, who call called by my names, my, my name would turn from their wicked ways and seek my name, I will heal the lame. We're not doing our job. We're not taking on the responsibility and maturity and wisdom of all he has given us. We are succumbing to the very anger that we left in the world. We are transformed by his life, by his living, by his teaching. And it is a peaceful one. It's not that peace is going to be all around you, but the peace lives in you. And you don't have to get your piece to find
1: it. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not funny, but you just—you don't have to get your peace in order to find <laughs> your piece. <laughs> <laughs> so true, and still so and so poetic. And you know, my line of work. I work in a chiropractor's office, and we are focused on getting to the root cause. What is the root cause of whatever is ailing you? You know, we don't want to just address the symptoms. We want to focus on the cause because can you you really cure it if you only address the symptoms and not the cause? So you got to yes. think about it. Okay, sure. I mean, we're ticked off at police brutality, bad cops, and all the good cops are getting lumped in with the bad cops. And as Kaylin said, nobody trusts the cops anymore. And to be honest, I, I am one of those moms. Every time my son walks out the door, I pray that he doesn't get stopped for anything out there because I don't know what's going to happen to him. I do know from personal experience that the few minor traffic violations that he has had, he always seems to come home with the largest fine that they could possibly issue. I mean, there is no warning. <clears or those throat> that. You know, and maybe it's just me because it's mom looking at my no. son being like, what on no, it's earth on What the heck? Why is it that I know, you know, X and X such and such, did worse than this, and he didn't get fined like this, and you got a, a headlight that's out, and X, Y, Z, that happened, and you're coming home with the stiffest penalty. Not even speeding. And so that scares me. I have a distrust. I do, and I can admit that. And it's, and it's largely because and it it. of the environment. But this does not mean that if I'm in an emergency and I need a police officer that I I – You know, I still expect and trust them to do their job. And maybe that's misplaced. Not going to be ruled by the fear of every cop out there is bad. I know there's bad ones. We know there's bad ones. There's been injustice since biblical times. We know this. But I just want to challenge people to really think about What is the cause? Where is this all starting from? And I guarantee you, it's not starting in the police precinct. It's bigger than that. It's higher than that. And so, you know, rabble-rousing at the local level is not going to address the root cause of this problem that we have. And it's going to take a calm, and collected people who can communicate, who can, yes, gather, I, you know, and protest, but not protest violently, who are able to be heard. Because once you come lash out in anger, everybody stops listening to you. They don't yes. hear anything you're saying. So then what have you solved? How can we as a people rise above the anger mode to collectively be heard. And when I say we as a people, I'm not talking about just African Americans, but anyone who is feeling that pressure on them like they're not being heard, like they're continually being scrutinized, punished for things that they're not necessarily doing or haven't deserved, um how, how do you rise above that and you and you have to rise not only from a spiritual level but i mean you have to rise and look up because the police mm-hmm. precincts they're only doing what the higher ups are allowing them to do and so the problem is much higher up I and mean, then you can take yeah. it all the way up the ladder to take it up the sin ladder because that's where it's all starting but it's all gravitating down. And and to the point, I'm going to throw in another scripture here as to a reason why I will say, and this has been biblical too, Matthew 24:12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And as the love and compassion of man continues to grow cold, you'll just see violence increase and justice decrease. And I believe that's exactly the track that we are on.
0: Yes. Well, I'm not going to read scripture again, but I'm going to read something from Ryan Doris. And it uh, it, it he's one of the more intelligent uh, bodybuilders we have, uh, very gifted in his wording, very gifted in his passion, and very smart in how he has gone his life. Very young man, but still very relevant to what we're talking about. And he said, man, life is hard for everyone, but to live yep. life and piled on the stress of constantly treading lightly in life just from being a black man is exhausting. It's so incredibly exhausting. Every single day since I was five, effing exhausting. So I'm not cussing. Even when it's not in the news cycle and forgotten, we live with this double consciousness of my own who to deal with in life, plus constantly scanning who in the world sees me as a threat just from living my life? Everyone on social media who follows me knows I am just as competent and smart as any other fitness person In fact, I am sure you don't even see me as a black man, but just see me for Ryan. And I appreciate how psychologically healthy you are for that. But I don't think I've ever had a day of my life where I have been have had the luxury to forget what color I am and even feel a sense of ease because when a black male for a a moment forgets he is black, there is always someone to quickly remind you with excessive means knowing they may get away with it. It's my burden and responsibility to navigate being a black man. I get it. In fact, we have gotten so unbelievably good at wearing two masks, you'd be amazed if you, uh, if you ever asked or heard us talk candidly amongst one another. We are not playing the victim, but ex- instead accepting our burden. We were born into, into a major disadvantage, and it's up to us ultimately to improve upon our bad luck. But GD, dude, don't kill us and rub it in our face while we are effing trying to be men. There was a point in black American history where we grieved events like this alone, and no one cared. I'm so proud to live in this America where compassion and caring is so commonplace for everyone. I can't lie, this stuff just makes you want to break down and take you out for a while as a black man. But I've been so incredibly uplifted to see my friends and community pour their hearts and feelings out in abundance. I'm Ryan, but above all, I am a proud black American. I just can't thank all the good people for caring enough. It helps to heal the wounds that continue to be reopened over and over and over and dot, 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 more than you will ever know. And that's the truth, because the healing is where the enough is enough really came into play. And the wounded cat, the wounded dog, the wounded wolf, we've seen it in an in, in animalistic nature, and when you're stripped of your humanity, what do you have left? And so the reactions are definitely not going to be what we would consider adult responsible,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: mature, or even things that would be considered common sense, all of that is taken away. And you just get a reaction. And I remember when they were asking Tupac Shakur back in the 90s, they were telling him and trying to compare the police brutality to black-on-black crime. And he was very amazed that someone would try to make that connection And he looked the man dead in his face, the reporter, and he said, I'm really shocked of a person of knowledge and your character would take such a leap and such a stretch to make a connection that deals with black-on-black crime. He said, because we know the criminals in our area, and we're afraid of them too. We don't want them in the neighborhood. But because they can't leave, we're stuck with them. And the man was shocked because he wanted uh, an angered response. He wanted something ghetto. He wanted something he could use as a journalist fodder to basically demean Tupac because he wasn't happy with the lyrics in his, uh, in his raps. And that was something he didn't expect, and he ended the interview. But I just remembered that because I said, you know, that's it. You, we, we talk about black-on-black crime, but we don't talk about any other crime. I I remember talking to a fellow, and he brought up Chicago gangs. Mind you, this man had never lived in Chicago. So what connection did he have with that other than just a base to justify his thinking? And this is where we are. If you're frightened of Chicago gangs living in Arizona, then I'm already at a disadvantage. And I'm burdened with the understanding that if I ever come to visit Arizona and this is the mentality that's being carried, then I am at risk. My family members are at risk. And what have they done other than gone on vacation? And people are dying just off of that simple fact of what I just stated. How many times, how many years, how many people have to die before that passion pours out on the action instead of waiting for the reaction and then giving a response. we got to stop the three-headed beast, and it's not healthy. And health and fitness, I know you guys think this might be a crazy segue, but it's not. Health and fitness plays a major role in taking and diffusing that bomb. That revolution that people are crying out for. The revolution is happening. It's just going in a negative way. Let's make a positive revolu- a revolution to make a resolution so we can step out of the shadow of pain, anger, and oppression and step into peaceful society that coexists because we don't see coexistence as a color. I went to war and I fought for this country, and I was in the foxhole with a lot of people with a lot of culture and a lot of beliefs, but the understanding was we were there for each other. When I came home, it broke my heart to see that we're not here for each other. That can all change if we take on the process of being uncomfortable for others, for caring for others, for feeling that hurt and that pain for others because it's crazy to see people asking for thoughts and prayers and basically not caring about anyone else until they start hurting I mm-hmm. I, I spoke with a fella today and he was not happy with me because I said the only time this became a factor in your life is when you realized that the threat was now in your back door meaning the riots and the attacks on white people Now it's a factor. Now it's an issue because your personal space has been invaded. I need you to feel that for the person who had a knee in his neck until he died because that could be someone you know. That could be you. Because if they run out of black people to kill, that anger doesn't go away. They're still angry individuals. They're still harmful individuals. They're going to need a target, and it just yep. might be someone you know what do you think that
1: no i would I would agree, and you know if it's not a black person, if it's not minority at all, then it's going to turn to some of their characteristics that others feel like they are more superior than so it'll be someone who's poor, it might be a yeah. female, it might be someone who has a learning disability. Whatever it is, whatever that person has about them that makes them not like the other person who has the anger, that's going to become the target. So while Kaylin is right, we may, may not be the one that's being targeted right at this moment. That doesn't mean you can't easily become that person in the future. And we do need to focus on love and compassion for all. And it's not
0: popular. Here's a comment from Jacob. And he says, Kaylin, what are you basing this on? And that's a good question. Because that was the first thing Des was asking me when, when she was asking me about this topic. What are your facts? What kind of facts can we present? I'm going to present history as facts. Because before there was enough black to hate, there was the Irish. Before there was enough Irish to hate, there were the Chinese. Before there was enough Chinese to hate, there was the Indians. There was always someone to dump on. There's always In this someone. And it was broken down. And I think the the Italians were the last ones to be basically cleansed of all that hatred and, and given the past. And I think that was simply because the mafia would have took them out if they kept (laughs) trying to oppress them. And history shows that if people have someone to blame, not just in this country, if you want to go overseas, you can go with the, uh, again, we can go with the Irish, uh, with what Great Britain did to them, and they actually brought that mentality over here to to America. If you want to go with uh, the Jews, Uh, with Germany, basically ethnic cleansing, uh, Muslims, and uh, Slovakia. There's plenty of evidence, uh, data, statistics, whatever you need. It's plenty. Just go down in the history book, and you'll see time and time again that hatred doesn't need a face. It just needs a target. And we're seeing time and time again where people are going and harming simply because they can. And uh, if you can watch any uh, movie about slavery and you can see the oppression done openly because there was no fear of, of uh, response and there was no fear of uh, being uh, brought into law. So the evidence is there. We, we deny it. I get it. It, it, it. It's hard to sleep at night knowing the damage this nation has done to itself and to its own people, that's a hard pill to swallow. But if we stay in denial, we fix nothing, and nothing is corrected. And I remember James Baldwin said, you know, everybody talks about the American dream, but if anyone in this nation is oppressed by by their very existence, you eliminate the American dream because their oppression ensures it can't happen so we 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 really have to open our minds we really really have to open our hearts whether you're a believer or not you should have care and concern for others as a nation we are whole as a subgroup we are not think about that that
1: yep. and and what can i say to follow that I, I have nothing more to wax eloquent upon. Um,
0: well, I can, but it, it's, it's it a will. segue in a, in a whole different way. Can I say it? Say it. Okay. I my, my heart was broken even more because there's another chocolate way lover that's one of my clients.
1: Uh oh, shoot, Kaylin! Can't we all just get along? Oh,
0: my You know, I've
1: been waiting for the boys from P4P Muscle just need to make a uh, chocolate snickerdoodle blend of some sort, kind of like a mixed ice cream cone. If they can come up with a Bomb Pop BCAA, which is one of their newest flavors, guys. And, uh, nope, I was not meaning to make a plug, but since we're here, we're going to roll with it. If they can do that. <laughs> They can find a way to make a uh, chocolate whey with snickerdoodle sprinkles protein mix. that
0: actually sounds pretty good.
1: And there you have it. There you have it. There you have it. I mean, it sounds so cliche, folks, but if we spent a little more time loving each other and a little less time dissecting each other, the vast majority of the problems that we have in this world today would not exist.
0: Yes. Well, I'm going to throw this out there because this is one of the analogies that I I did in, in, in a conversation in person. I can't imagine working at a bank, robbing that bank, coming out and just walking home. And then someone videos it, and they say, hey, you've got to return that money. Now, I don't return all the money, but I return what I have left. Now, in that process, of course, I lose my job. But there's no fear of jail time. And to add to that insult and all the people's money that I took from that bank, I go get a job on a casino as a bank teller to be in charge of more people's money and all I get is bad press and I get to keep everything else that I bought with that money there is no justice in what I just said because me losing my job means very little if I knew my employment status stays the same and I keep my credentials yep The the outcry for justice can get so heavy that people start breaking in every bank because they're sick of losing their money and not having any response to their outcry of oppression. It's an analogy. I'm not saying this ever happen. But we have to start likening it to things that we know and understand Instead of saying, it didn't happen to me, so it's not a problem. Because when the riots happened, white people got scared, and they responded. And they responded just as angrily, just as with as many threats. And if they could see somebody, and it's that kind of situation, guess what? They're going to respond. And it's not going to be in a positive fashion. But I need that anger. I need that frustration for the action. I keep saying it because this is what needs to happen to heal a nation. All that compassion, all that passion, all that anger, all that angst needs to go to the action, get to the courthouse, get to the police stations before I do. So I know it matters to you. And just seeing that kind of compassion can soften my heart, can cause me not to want to hurt my neighbor because I see my neighbor sticking up for me. When we can get to that, that's how you heal a nation. And it doesn't involve politics. It doesn't involve a congressman. But it does involve a community and a society as a whole coming together to fix the problem. Not a person. This man is is is, an, is is an offshoot. He's a side effect of what society has allowed for generations. He's and a symptom. Yes. There you go, then. So if, if we're going to be setting that back and get it back in alignment, I'll let Dad take it from here and take it take us home. <laughs> it is,
1: guys, and I'm just going to say. While it may be waxing cold for many, love can still change the world. Compassion, Mm -hmm. long self-understanding, it has and it will. It ultimately will in the end, too. And it's it's not wrong to be angry. It's not wrong to want justice. It's not wrong to be confused, upset, afraid. These are all emotions we were given. We have them. We can feel them. It's wrong mm-hmm. when you use those as a reason to hurt someone else that had nothing to do with the situation. That's when it becomes wrong. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm not as eloquent as Kaylin, but long story short, that's it in a nutshell. And uh, you're a mother. I,
0: you're a mother. I would, you have much more skin in the game than I do. You have every right to say everything you're saying because my heart weeps for mothers that raise their children right. Have them complying, having having them address the officer as a respected uh, law enforcement that they are and still being put to death because of a bad day because there's no yeah. return on them. And I'm I, guys, I can't express this enough because I've got skin in the game on both the law enforcement and the black community and people of color. I don't want to read about someone I know. I, I don't know, if that. if you can remember when Miss D. Love had passed away in that car accident. It just took me out. It took me yep. out for days. You remember, probably even weeks. It just hurt me that, that much because she was such a blessing to this world. And this is what mothers feel all the time when their children of, of of countless memories of, of good times of all these other things are, are are there and they're doing. So we we don't want to get into the point where this is okay to do, and the mother is supposed to be okay with what happened. You don't know a mother's pain. So let's not try to speak on it like it's not an issue. It is the grave and vast issue that mothers lose sleep over, trying to basically do, ensure the well-being of their children. They gave birth to this person. I can't imagine that because I'll never know it. So we have to factor that in when we're speaking to others, when we're dealing with others, because that rant that you're doing is either a plus or a minus for someone's day. So if you're basically speaking neg- negatively and someone else does it, then that's a problem. We we can't keep doing these things. And I'll just leave that with you, Des, because that's the one thing I forgot to address and I apologize for
1: it. No need to apologize. And um, And, folks, I mean, there's a lot. You can share with us some of your thoughts, but if nothing else, just meditate and ponder and just really think it through because the life that you save in the future by how you manage your response in certain situations may very well just be your own. So just really think about it. Or that of a family member, or that of a neighbor that you do care for. So, you know, we're not in this world alone, and everything has a consequence to it. Absolutely everything. And even if we don't get the justice we're seeking in this life, if you do believe, then you can rest assured that justice will be had.
0: Yeah.
1: if, if, you, do it if you do or don't believe. It doesn't change If you do <laughs> or you don't, either way, justice, is gonna, justice will be served. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, it may not be in the way that you imagined, but it will happen as it should, so...
0: With Amen, that being
1: said, we already had a snickerdoodle shout out. Yes so, we did. I'm liking that. Sounds like oh, and that, to me. on behalf of uh Kaylin, myself and the boys from P for P Muscle, just leaving you tonight with love and uh prayers for peace and understanding. Your body is a temple. So let's build it.